Hey, welcome to Plant Yourself. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Two quick announcements before we get to today's show. If you're interested in becoming a health coach, I'm offering another run due to popular demand for people who can't make 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights, Eastern Time. So we're doing another run of the program, which will meet the practicums will meet at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays, Eastern Time U.S., which means if you're in Europe or Africa, uh, that might be good for you. Also, if you're in the US and evenings aren't good and you have free time in the mornings, either 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time or 10 to 1130 Eastern, then you can participate. If you want to find out more about becoming a wicked effective health coach, you can go to wellstartcoach.com. Second thing is, if you're not aware of it, Josh Lajani and I have a book that is free on Amazon Kindle. It's called Sick to Fit. And if you just go to Amazon and search for Sick to Fit, you'll be able to download it for free and read it on any Kindle enabled device, even a phone, smartphone, tablet, computer whatever. All right, let's get to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com and wellstarthealth.com. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a visionary and vivid life. Today's guest, Marco Borges, is the founder of 22 Days Nutrition. He is a visionary social entrepreneur and a very exciting and inspirational guy to talk to. You'll hear about his humble beginnings in our conversation and where he is now. He is a celebrity trainer to the stars, some of the most influential people on the planet. And he's using that platform not for self-aggrandizement, but in service of a mission on all of our behalves. He has most recently partnered with Beyonce and Jay-Z to bring plant-based health to as many people as possible, as affordably as possible through his ever-changing 22 tape. 22 Days Nutrition uh, Company and Vision. And he's one of those folks whose very presence and easy self-confidence just compels others to take him seriously. In short, he's a powerful spokesperson and ally. He's written several books, including The 22-Day Revolution and his most recent work, The Green Print, which connects our diets to planetary health and lack thereof. So we talked about his growing up, his career, the challenges he's faced, the life of service he's chosen, and the vision of 22 Days Nutrition as a tool to simply make it easier for people to lean into the plant-based lifestyle and how that change can help not only individuals, but the rest of creation as well. Just a couple of announcements before we jump into that conversation. First, WellStart Health is taking people on for another cohort. You can go to wellstarthealth.com slash program to find out more and sign up for 12 weeks of easy and intensive at the same time. Both of those are true. Lifestyle change without judgment, without needing to throw everything out, without needing to fire all your friends and family members and move to a monastery or a hut on a hilltop somewhere, being your normal self, living your normal life and healthifying everything so that you can feel great, perform great and do great on medical tests. Second, health coach training begins end of this month, end of April, and there's still some spots available there. Go to wellstartcoach.com to find out more and sign up for an enrollment application. And finally, just a quick reminder that this podcast is free for those who can't afford it and supported by those who can. So if you want to find Plant Yourself on Patreon and become a subscriber and help 
put your shoulder to the whatever we put our shoulders to and uh, move this thing forward. I would very much appreciate it. And so would the people who are getting this for free, who aren't in a position to help pay for it at this time. All right. So without further ado, Marco Borges, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. It's a great honor. So um, I want to get into a lot of stuff, but uh, I, I, I met you and know you as the uh, the founder of 22 Days Nutrition. Um, so I'd love to just start there and just like tell us wh what that is and, and what its mission is. Yeah, so 22 Days Nutrition is a plant-based lifestyle solution company. And what we have, um, we've been focusing on for the last uh, almost nine years now is make it easier for people to lean into a plant-based lifestyle. Um, when I decided that I would go fully plant-based, um, I spent quite a bit of time frustrated at the lack of options there were um, and also the lack of information and resources that was available to people that were uh, looking to you know to sort of fall into this lifestyle um, and I and I decided that I would create a platform that would provide um, tools and resources for the life that they're truly looking um, to live um, and um, and 22 days nutrition was born so it really was born out of a selfish desire to create something that didn't exist um, that I wanted to see come to life. And as a lot of things in my life uh, have happened, actually, my entire professional career has been sort of serendipitous. Um, but, um, you know, I thought that we create this platform and share some information and create a really beautiful blog and, and just empower people um, with tools and resources, again, to be able to live the life that they truly wanted to live. And um, then I realized that, you know, most of the companies were reverse engineering or, or formulating for label copy. And I thought, well, that's pretty unfortunate. Um, we should be formulating for function, not for label copy, right? Meaning that, you know, you want to say plant-based or you want to say vegan or you want to say soy-free and then you look at the back of it and it's got all these junky ingredients that are not what the front of the label is portraying. And I just thought that was really unfortunate and would put consumers at a real disadvantage. So I decided that we would create products always formulated for function and that we would hold ourselves to a much higher standard. So everything we've done, everything we have ever done and we will ever do has always been 100% plant-based, USC organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, and, and again, always formulating for function. So we've developed a beautiful platform and have been uh, helping educate and empower people for the last nine years, and it's been a really fun journey. Gotcha. So I'm trying to think back. So this is around 2010, where you're frustrated at the lack of options and resources. So I, I, I remember around that time, sort of just, just like there was like – vegetarian and vegan chefs with blogs. Um, there were, um, I, th I think the Colin Campbell's Nutrition Studies was was available, but there, it, it seemed like there was sort of a, a disjointedness. Um, like what, what was your experience? What was missing for you? Like when you, well, when you, like, you know, I know because there, there, there were recipes, there were websites and blogs. What, what was the the key stumbling block that you wanted to address? Well, the reality is that it started before then because my frustration led me to start the company around 2010, right? So the frustration started way earlier. Uh -huh. um, and, and what I realized was that, um, you know, there were, there's al always been products, but um, the way that the message was, was delivered, it was very much, um, all or none. It was very much about veganism for the, for the sake of, you know, the animals, uh, or veganism for the sake of, 
uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, call it a, you know, a lifestyle modification. But we weren't really looking at all of the different benefits that this beautiful life can afford you. And we weren't looking at the benefits that even partially plant-based could, 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 you know, help you achieve. So for me, it was when I decided to go 100% plant-based. So my background is in exercise physiology and biology, and I'm a research junkie. And, I, and I've been obsessed with human performance my whole life. And as I looked at um, all of the data, um, you know, for improving, uh, improving human performance and, and slowing the aging process and, and, you know, mitigating that low level inflammation that causes all the age related diseases. Um, I couldn't help but to realize that plant-based was the way to go for preventing heart disease, for preventing dementia, for preventing stroke, for, for reducing inflammation in the body, for speeding recovery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought, oh my God, this is, this is too powerful not to share. So I decided that I would go for purely selfish reasons. I would go 100% plant-based and I wasn't suffering from any diseases, fortunately, but I realized that in my family, there was a lot of heart disease. There was a lot of cancer. There was a lot of diabetes. Um, there was a lot of hypertension. There were a lot of these age related lifestyle diseases that I did not want to be a part of. So I realized that, you know, there's, there's only one way to change the outcome and it's by changing the process, right? So if I continue to do what my family had done for generations, I probably would, would have wound up at the same place, but I didn't want that. So I realized that the only way I would be able to change, again, the, the, the outcome would be to change the process. And in changing the process, I realized that for me to do it effectively, I would have to go 100% plant-based. So I did that, again, for purely selfish reasons. But then once I'd gone plant-based, I thought to myself, wow, there's so much here to share, there's so much here for people to learn that, you know, even if people don't want to go 100% plant-based for the animals and they want to do it just for selfish reasons, they can benefit from one meal a day or they can benefit from two meals a day. They can benefit from a light lean or from a heavy lean. The more you lean towards plants, the more you benefit, but it's not an all or none thing. So I realized that what I had seen was far from the truth in that, you know, there's there was a right way and a wrong way to be a vegan. And the reality is that it shouldn't be about vegan or non-vegan. It should just be about eating healthier, eating more consciously. It's about being more conscious uh, about what you put into your body. For me, it really started with pure selfish health reasons. And then once I had made the transition, I realized that I was affecting so many other areas of not just my life, but of the environment, my community, my family. And I, and I, I say that I went plant-based for health, but I remained plant-based for the animals. And I really, I, I got to a point where I realized what impact my meal choices was having on the animals and on the planet. And I knew right then and there, you know, the science has proven that you don't have to be 100% plant-based to receive all of the benefits that this lifestyle can afford you. But I wanted to remain plant-based because I did not want to be a part of that cruelty. I did not want to be a part of uh, an exaggerated carbon footprint. I wanted to do my best to improve the planet that we live in. And I wanted to be, uh, yeah, I wanted to be an agent of change. And I also wanted to be, um, uh, I, I wanted to be mindful of the fact that every time we, um, we choose to put something in our bodies, we can, um, you know, lessen the suffering of other beings on this planet. And, and that is why I remain plant-based. So for me, it was really about 
sharing the information, but sharing it in a way that was about inclusivity, not about exclusivity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was, I think that we've come a long way in the last 10 years in terms of, you know, whole segments understanding that if, you know, if we want the world to move in our direction, we have to be welcoming and, and not judgmental or exclusive or have, um, you know, hurdles that we, that we need people to, uh, to jump over. And, you know, and I'm, I'm struck, you know, in your story and in, in so many other stories that I've heard about what happens to our capacity to, to, to view the world more holistically once we've, we've stopped eating animals. It's, a, it's a, like yeah, you don't, you don't even, a, you, a, you don't have to um, try to convince anyone thing. of that beforehand. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's really a beautiful thing because, you know, that's, that's really my, um, my biggest sort of pet peeve in the space is that a lot of people view it as you're either vegan or you're not vegan. And don't, don't say that you're vegan if you're going to X, Y, Z. It's like, wait a minute, it shouldn't be about that. You know, it should be about love. It should be about compassion. That's what brought you to this space. And if what brought you to this space and this lifestyle was love and compassion, then why not share more of it with others? Why not be more compassionate? Why not, why not be more understanding, right? You have people that say, well, so-and-so is not really plant-based because I saw them carrying a leather handbag. It's like, don't judge others. Maybe it's a handbag that they've had for 30 years and their you know, mother gave to them and it was handed. Like You just don't know other situations. What you want to do is empower people with the information so that they can make kinder, more compassion choices towards not just what they put into their body, but how, you know, that affects the rest of the world. Right. And I think that once you allow that conversation to become less judgmental and more inclusive, the world wins. And that's what it was all about for me. It really was all about that. And by the way, um, as a side note, before going hundred percent plant-based, I realized that I knew a lot of vegans that were super unhealthy, that were really overweight. I actually knew this woman that was a, a chain smoker. She probably smoked four packs of cigarettes a day. And she was a so-called vegan and she was about a hundred pounds overweight. And I think there's this misconception when, when some people go, um, uh, you know, when some people are curious about the lifestyle, there's this misconception that, um, you know, veganism is for one thing or for another. And that leads people to believe that, you know, all vegans should look a certain way or should act a certain way. And, and that's like a really big turnoff for a lot of people because I've had people say to me, well, all the vegans that I know, you know, look like, you know, crap, they look sick or what have you. And that, that is, that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, if you're truly living the lifestyle, um, uh, you know, with a whole food plant-based diet, um, yeah, French fries and and potato chips and, you know, nachos are, are vegan, but they're not necessarily healthy for you. So it really is uh, a super emphasis on whole food plant-based meals, um, that enrich you, that fuel you, that, that, um, you know, repair you from the inside out. And that is and has been my focus from day one. Right. And, and I've just you know, fi- finished reading um, your book, uh, the, uh, Green Print. And so we, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But um, one, one of the things that, that I'm, I'm sort of intuiting into you, I've, you know, I've, I've heard you on Rich Roll and I've read the book, is that, that for you, the, the idea of labels is 
you know, whether it's labels on the food, you know, you're, you're, you're writing, you're creating ingredients for the food label, or you're labeling yourself as vegan or not vegan or something. That, that those, those are, uh, I want to say like, like meta phenomena or, or incidental that, you know, the idea is to be kind, loving, and compassionate. And if, if that's if that's your basis, then you may be vegan out of an expression of of kindness, love and compassion. But that means you're also going to express that kindness, love and compassion in all your interactions. That's right. Uh, I, I, I couldn't have said it better. You're you're 100 percent um, correct. I, I think that what happens um, more often than not is that these labels create this. Um, perceived perfection um, that is hard to maintain for a lot of people. And I think that if we just eliminate the labels um, and allow people to live really kind, compassionate lives, really beautiful things will happen. So um, one thing I'm really curious about in your story is, like, I know a lot of people who discovered the benefits of plant-based living. Either they were sick and they discovered it and they got well um, you know, 2011 Forks Over Knives came out, which was a, a, a huge cultural watershed for a lot of people. It kind of tipped it into the public consciousness. And, and all these people are like, oh, my gosh, I need to I need to like make this a, a career. I need to, I need to. And, and like they go and they try maybe like doing health, you know, food coaching and they take people on supermarket tours and they teach people how to chop kale and stuff and Almost nobody knows how to make a living at this. And you created a, a successful company with, with longevity and, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of pulling power. And I'm wondering, you know, in, in hindsight, do you look back and see, oh, I, I made these serendipitous mistakes that turned out to be right? Or did you have a plan? Did you have, you know, this business background? Were you, you know, were you born rich and connected? Like, how, how did, how do you see the success of 22 Days Nutrition? So I wasn't born rich and connected. As a matter of fact, um, I was raised by a single mother um, who migrated from Cuba um, in the uh, late 50s when she was seven years old um, and raised uh, my brother, my sister, and I um, by working uh, two jobs uh, and putting us through the public school system. So, no, we were not uh, raised with a uh, golden or silver spoon in our mouths um, with a you know, big network of, of uh, um, high-powered people. However, um, I have lived my whole life um, by following my heart and uh, following my passions. And uh, at a very early age, I became extremely um, obsessed with, um, uh, you may call it human performance, you can call it science, you can call it biology. Um, I would have said, uh, if you had asked my six-year-old self uh, what I was going to be when I got older, I would have told you I was going to be a doctor. And there was no uh, one then convinced me otherwise. Um, while I was uh, doing my pre-med work, um, studying biology, I realized that medicine was far too reactive and I wanted to do something more proactive again because I really wanted to help people. I, I knew that I was put on this planet to help others live he healthier, happier lives. Um, I love life. I'm the guy that jumps out of bed every day with a big smile on his face and I, I love looking at the sky and if it's raining, I say, amazing, what beautiful rain uh, to feed our soil. And if it's sunny, I say, wow, another beautiful sunny day. Um, I just love life. And I oftentimes find myself 
um, you know, feeling saddened by the fact that some people don't get to live their best life because of the decisions that they've made or the decisions that they're currently making. So I really dedicated my, you know, professional career to helping others live healthier lives because I truly believe that health is happiness. Um, when I when I decided that I would become uh, that I would take my degree in, in biology and couple it with a degree in exercise physiology and uh, become uh, a personal trainer, I did so again out of pure passion. I realized that, you know, medicine was too reactive and I wanted to do something a little bit more proactively. Um, so I decided that I would help people stay healthy rather than try to get them healthy once they got sick. Um, and again, uh, always following my heart, always following my dreams. I wasn't following a big paycheck because if I would have been doing that, I would have definitely gone to medical school and I would have become a doctor yeah. thinking that I was going to chase a big, a big, a big paycheck well, for my yeah, mom. Like, I wasn't. <laughs> when I told my mom that I wasn't going to become a doctor, she looked at me like I was an alien. She was like, you're the first in our family to ever go to college. You have straight A's and you're going to forego medical school to become a trainer. Have you lost your mind? And I, I said, no, mom, I, I have an idea. I want to do something different. And I became a trainer. And shortly thereafter, I opened up my own gym um, and then grew the business to, you know, a bunch of different clubs. And again, always following my heart. And I realized that, you know, exercise was but one piece of the equation. And I realized that most people are really great at getting some exercise, some form of exercise, but they're not great at what they put into their body. And there's no amount of exercise in the world that can undo the effects of a poor diet. So I started focusing my energy and my efforts and, and my skill set on the nutrition side of it. And that kind of snowballed into something even more special because I already had the background uh, in biology and I had the background in exercise physiology. It was easy to bolt on all of these other um, additional layers of skills to what I already had um, because it was something I was super passionate about. I grew up an athlete my whole life. So it was something that I was obsessed with, A, because I wanted to help others, but also because I just love human performance. Um, and, um, and, and it just kept, you know, going from there. So my entire professional career, I have dedicated to helping others. Mm -hmm. So it isn't, you know, an accident. It wasn't, you know, serendipitous that I was at the right place, you know, instead of a, you know, I, I don't know, gourmet market in, in, in New York. And I said, Ooh, I think this is going to be a big thing. I'm going to get into it. I mean, this is what I've done my entire life. Mm -hmm. Uh, and again, looking for improved performance, looking for reduction, reduction of risk, um, of all of the diseases that afflict us, I realized that the writing was on the wall um, as, as it pertained to a plant-based lifestyle. And so, I chose yeah. to, to live it myself. And when I did that, I decided that I'd turn it into an opportunity to help others. So I, I want to follow up on what you said about following your heart, because that's, you know, that's a cliche that we hear a lot. But when I hear it within the context of your story, it's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to project myself because I'm, I'm very different. I grew up very differently. And to, to imagine, you know, deciding like I'm not going to be a doctor, like that would have been either – that would have been like such an ego struggle for me. So I wonder when you say following your heart, is, is there – you know, are you talking about like some sort of intelligence other than your head? Is like <laughs> – you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to understand because I, you know, for myself, I feel like I I could use a little bit of that vitamin, and so I'm wondering if if you can kind of describe the the interior experience of following your heart, what that what that feels like. Yeah, well, I'm not so sure I understand what ego means. Um, so it just because I'm not wired that way, right? So. Um, as I was going through my pre-med program, I, I, I have been obsessed with 
the body and how it functions my whole life, right? So I was spending time in hospital sitting in on surgeries. And I remember sitting in on one particular surgery and I asked after the surgery was over, well, what happens now? This guy had had, you know, a, a large part of his intestine removed. Um, he had had a third of his liver taken out. I mean, this guy was in really, really bad shape. And I thought, well, this guy's life is going to radically and dramatically change overnight. And what kind of psychological counseling is he going to get? What kind of nutritional counseling is he going to get? He's not going to digest the food the same anymore. I mean, like what happens now? And the doctor looked at me and said, oh, son, you have so much to learn. And I thought, well, well what does that mean? Uh-huh. And he says, you know, not, only, not only does he not get psychological counseling, he doesn't get nutritional counseling and so on and so on and so on. And I just, I'd had enough. I got to a point where I said to myself, how is it possible how is it possible that we are living in a system that we have created that does nothing to treat underlying causes? All we ever do is treat symptoms. And then once we've treated the symptom, we never do anything to try to remedy the underlying cause. All we do is patch, 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 and never actually cover the whole, right? So in my mind, I thought I cannot be a part of a system that is this reactive. You know, if someone has, uh, you know, if someone has high cholesterol, the first thing they tell you is take cholesterol lowering medication. That, that to me, it seems ridiculous. I know that it's the norm within our society, but to me, it seems ridiculous. Take this medication that more than likely will cause other things to happen in your body, but don't worry about that just yet. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for now, what it's going to do is reduce your cholesterol, by the way, which you could do naturally by just eating a cleaner diet and getting a little bit more exercise and being more conscious about what you're putting into your body. But we won't talk about those options because that doesn't make us any money. That just didn't make any sense to me. That's what I talk. That's when I say following my heart, I could not be, I could not in good conscience sit in an office, sit in a hospital, prescribing medications, knowing fully well that there's lifestyle modifications that could be added to someone's life to be able to help improve the condition that they're in. I just could not see that. And if someone walks into my office and they had bad, you know, elevated cholesterol levels, I say, you've got one of two choices. You can eat better or you're going to have to live with high cholesterol. I mean, like that, that just doesn't make any sense to me, right? So to give someone medication to lower cholesterol, but allow them to continue to eat the foods that's going to elevate their cholesterol and live a lifestyle that's going to continue to elevate it, that just doesn't make sense. Does it make sense to you? Because it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> well, lots of things didn't make, have not made sense to me that I swallowed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like you know, you're you're part of, you're part of a world. Um, you know, I'm 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 just starting a book now called Radical Wholeness. That it talks about the way our language and our culture just cause us to see certain things and miss other things, right? That we think of things as discrete and separate, as opposed to being part of this dynamic whole in relationship. And so I'm, you know, I'm always struck by people who, who, do, who go off on their own, who don't tow the, the, the party line of our culture. And it feels like you're, you're in the midst of this culture, you've ascended and you've become successful in this culture, but you've, you've been very countercultural in every step of the way, which, which, which fascinates me. Well, thank you. Um, I, I, again, I've just, uh, I use, and not, not to sound um, uh, as if I'm, you know, trying to make fun of it, but I use what I think is common sense, and I just look at things differently, and I just say, well, this just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. There's a lot of things that don't make sense to me, and 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 because they don't make sense, I question them. And when I question something, 
and it still doesn't make sense to me and I can't make sense of it, then I have to try something different because I can't do the same thing that everyone else is doing just because everyone else is doing it. I'm just not that guy. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's the paradox is you call it common sense. But how common is it? Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> not, not, not at all. I mean, I, I remember as a kid, um, I uh, I went to a public Hey, Marco, you're, you're very soft now. I'm, I'm not sure if there's something wrong with the phone. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, um, yeah, that's better. I, Thanks. I, so I, I remember as a kid growing up in a neighborhood where, um, you know, there was a lot of cocaine back in that uh, era in Miami. And I remember seeing cocaine in my uh, elementary school in fifth grade, sixth grade, um, kids whose parents... Um, you know, used to sell Coke and did Coke and the kids used to bring it to school. And at a very early age, I thought to myself, well, that's kind of stupid. Why would someone put that thing in their body? Some foreign chemical. I'm in fifth grade, you know, seeing kids doing Coke in the bathroom. Right. And my mom was blown away that I actually saw that in fifth and sixth grade when I shared it with her after I was in high school. Um, but I just immediately thought, well, none of this makes sense to me that your airway is not supposed to, you know, if, if you breathe in some dust particle, you sneeze right away because your body doesn't want it in it. Why would I want to put some of that stuff in my body? And none of it made sense to me. And I decided that I would never do drugs at a very early age. And I never did. And I never have. Right. So, again, it might not be very common, but it's just how I chose to live my life. And it's not that I judge others for doing it. I just to me, it doesn't make any sense. I want to be in control of my body. I want to be in control of my mind. It just didn't work that way for me, right? I just didn't think about it that way. So I stayed away from drugs in my whole life. And I always said, no, thanks. I'm, I'm good. I don't judge people, but it's not what I want for me, right? I did the same thing with alcohol. At a very early age, I saw friends drinking and I thought, well, that's silly. None of these guys drink that, that are drinking ever act the same after a couple of drinks. This was in you know, high school. I don't think I'm going to drink for a while. And that I don't think I'm going to drink for a while has lasted me. I just turned 47 last week um, and I still haven't had a drink in my life. Maybe one day I will, but I haven't. Right. And, um, and that's just, that's just me. I'm just wired a little bit differently. That's all. All right. Uh, so um, 22 days nutrition. So on, if I go on the website, the thing that I see front and center are the, the, um, protein bars, uh, the bars and the protein powders. Um, but you also, you also do like vegan meal delivery, right? Wasn't that, that was the idea of the 22 days that you're going to, you're going to hold my hand for 22 days and, and allow my taste buds and my, my eating to, to shift to a, to a new level. Right. Right. So it, it was based on the principle that it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. So if you adopted a healthy habit over the course of 21 days on the 22nd day, you would be armed with a new tool to live a better life, to live the life that you truly want to live, right? Um, so, yes, we offer some protein bars. We offer some protein powders. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make it easier for you to consume foods that are good for you, that are clean, that are formulated, again, for function. Always USD organic, non-GMO, as I said, um, soy-free, gluten-free. But then we went one step further, and we created a meal delivery service, but then realized that the, the meal delivery service was quite restrictive in that, although it was as inexpensive as humanly possible, made us zero money whatsoever because we had no margin. So we were basically giving away the food. It was still expensive because it was about $11 a meal. Um, and it was still expensive for the average American. And again, for me, it's always been about access. So I thought, well, how can I get clean food that's whole food, plant-based into people's hands? 
um, less expensively than $11 a meal. I couldn't find a way to make the meals for $2. It was impossible, right? So I was like, how can I do this in a more effective way where we can have everyone join? And I thought, I got it. We created thousands of recipes and we created a platform where we are curating recipes for you. So if you said to me, Marco, I am a performance junkie and I want to run my you know, 15th marathon or I am 100 pounds overweight and I want to lose those 100 pounds and um, I have five minutes to make my breakfast, 10 minutes to make my lunch and 15 minutes to make my dinner and I only have a microwave blender and an oven in my kitchen and I'm allergic to cilantro and soy and I also don't like peanuts, tempeh or, you know, whatever, uh, uh, cucumber. We will curate recipes specifically for you based on your lifestyle goals, your likes, your dislikes, allergies, all of the above, and give you every single day breakfast, lunch, and dinner recommendations. And as you see them and you like them, you click a button and we create a shopping list for you. So now we've given you the recipe, we've given you the shopping list, and then you can either do one of two things. You can go to the supermarket and you can buy the food or you can click a button, send it to Instacart, and then everything gets sent directly to your home. Now we have turned this into a tool that is incredibly effective, really inexpensive, and is accessible to everyone. And the beauty of it all is that when we were sending people food, we were feeding them for a day. Now that we're giving you recipes, we're feeding you for life because we're teaching you how to live this in a very sustainable way. So we're incredibly excited about the opportunity to be able to do this um, with the messages, the, the replies, the comments that we've been getting have been incredibly satisfying in knowing that we are helping to change people's lives for the better on a daily basis. And it, it's the best feeling in the world. Mm. So I, I went through the, the meal planner and I'm, I'm very impressed with all the different ways that I get to customize it. Right, like how how what what down to what appliances I have, uh, what I'm allergic to, um, who's in my family, how much time I have to cook lunch. Um, so what 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 uh, what do you hear from people about how this has changed the way they think about food? Because when I when I think about you know telling someone to eat plant based, I want to make it sort of like stupid simple um, and. You know, it seems well, like that's you, what we've done. Yeah, that, 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 okay. that was the idea, right? We wanted to make it easy, but at the same time, we wanted people to see that it's not about deprivation, right? Because a lot of times when you say go plant-based, people are like, oh, what am I going to eat salad all day? And you're like, actually, no, you're going to eat more than you've ever eaten before. And you're going to eat a wider variety of foods than you've ever eaten in your life. So it's about getting people to understand that it really isn't about compromise. It's not health or taste. It's health and taste. You can, you're going to have both of them, right? The food's going to taste better, and you're going to be healthier. You're going to be fuller longer. You're going to get more fiber in your diet, et cetera, et cetera. But the beautiful thing is that, yes, we've gotten all of the comments that you could imagine. My cholesterol has gone down. I've lost X amount of pounds from five to, you know, you name it, literally all the way 100 pounds. And people are just incredibly excited about the opportunity to be able to not just live this life now, but to be able to share it with their friends. And it's incredible. It really is incredibly inexpensive. Um, you're, you're doing this for literally pennies a meal. Um, pennies a meal you're getting all of this for. So um, you sign up for the year. Um, and I, I, it you know, boils down to you know, dollars. It, it's not a whole lot of money uh, per week. Um, but the beauty is that 
uh, one of the first comments that I got was fascinating because it was one of the comments that I never thought I'd see. Um, and it wasn't because uh, I thought differently, but only because I didn't think people would realize it. And it was from someone that I knew that tried the program that had been following me for a while and said to me, oh, my God. I usually spend around, you know, I call it $200 in food for um, the week for me and my family. And on my first trip, I only spent less than $100. And I realized that it was because I was buying food that would go bad and I was always throwing away food. Now I only buy exactly what I need for the exact recipes that I'm going to make. So I'm never buying, you know, 10 cucumbers and and three stalks of broccoli that I'm not going to use that wind up going bad in the refrigerator drawers. I'm buying exactly what I need when I need it. And I'm saving a lot of money and I'm saving time because of it. And I was just blown away by it. And that has become like the recurring theme. I'm saving money on my groceries. I'm saving money on my groceries. Oh my God, I never thought this could be so delicious. Oh, and by the way, I'm saving money on my groceries. So it's become less expensive for for people to live healthier lives, which is a beautiful thing. You and I both know that the first comment you always get is, well, isn't vegan more expensive? No. I mean, if you're buying like expensive vegan Cheetos, then well, yeah, but that's not exactly what we're asking you to buy. Um, So uh, it's, it's really neat to see all of these positive comments coming, uh, coming in uh, on a daily basis. Right. So you started out, you had, you had this, this idea for the company, but as as I look at it now, um, you have food coaches, you have a whole infrastructure, how, how did you go about, you know, building that? And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking you know, you're, you're still talking about, you know, following your heart in terms of like how big, how big did you want to get? It sounded like your, your, your gyms were sort of a lifestyle business and now you're going to jump into sort of CEO dumb. And like, how, how did, how did you see that unfolding and, and how did that inform your decisions as you, as you grew it? Well, I knew that to to really affect change um, within big food, I had to become a big player, right? Um, and you could do you know a couple million dollars a year and, and not really affect anyone, but the minute you get into you know the tens or the hundreds of millions of dollars, you start to get the big food giants to look at you um, and not look at you necessarily for acquisition because that may not be your your goal but to look at you because they're missing out on something. And for me, it was really about that. It was about getting people to understand that there is, you know, you can be a capitalist and you can, you can do good while doing good. Right. And then that's what it's all about. It's about getting people to understand that you don't have to, because people believe that it's, you know, one, they're, they're mutually exclusive, right? Like either you can be a good person or you can make a lot of money. You can, you can make a lot of money being a good person. Right? You can make a lot of money being a great person. And for me, it was never about uh, wanting to become a monk or wanting to give up everything in lieu of it was about creating the world that I want to live in. It was about being that change that I truly want to see. And it was about helping people. And there's no reason why we can't create a really amazing, super sustainable business that's incredibly profitable and is a business that all other big food companies look at as their uh, inspiration, if you will. We've always been organic, and we truly believe in organic. We believe in organic down to the to to you know to the core of my being. And I know it's better for us. I know it's better for the planet. If we can successfully achieve the growth that we know we can achieve, there's going to be a lot more companies that are going to be doing 
exclusively organic lines, right? So for me, it's about getting big enough to the point where we start to make the giants notice us and, you know, the five big food companies, who they are. We want them to look at us and say, hmm, okay, we got you. <laughs> Maybe we need to, you know, put less emphasis in our cookies and our chips and more emphasis in real food that helps people heal from the inside out. And that's what it's been about from day one. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you, you meant you wrote in, uh, the, you just published this book, The Green Print, um, which I guess has, has done phenomenally well. Um, was uh, w- way up there on the Amazon list. Um, and you talk about a study that you did with a, with a hospital in New Jersey, right? Holy Name Medical Center? That's correct. And um, how, how did that come about? And what, what made you think you needed to do a study when, as you say, there's so much science out there already? Um, what, what were you trying to prove or accomplish or uh, influence by, by doing your own study? Well, I wanted to show hospitals the way. Um, and a lot of times what winds up happening is that, you know, these big studies are funded either by big pharma or by some special interest group. And, and we're not getting the science the way that it should be delivered. But the reality is that it happened in a much more serendipitous uh, manner than you would even uh, believe. And the truth is that uh, a, a good friend of mine um, lost over 80 pounds uh, in a little under four months by switching to a completely plant-based diet and following my program. And then as a result, a good friend of his did exactly the same and lost 70-something pounds in around the same amount of time. And that friend of his happened to be a cardiologist. And uh, the, uh, his friend, the cardiologist, Angel, said, you know, I'd, I'd love to see Marco. I'd love to sit with him and just, you know, kind of break bread and just thank him for, you know, all of the good work that he's doing, et cetera. And we, we met and we were having dinner together. And um, I, um, I said to him, you know, are we sharing this new lifestyle with, your patients? Are you sharing this with, you know, the hospital? And he's like, why? I wish I could, but it's really not that easy. And I said, well, well, why? I mean, for me, it's, again, it comes back to common sense. I mean, you've done it. You're a cardiologist. You, you change your life through, you know, radical lifestyle, uh, lifestyle modification. Why wouldn't you want your patients to do the same? Uh, And the conversation came back to the hospital. And I said, well, um, why don't we try to change the hospital? And he says, well, uh, I would love to, um, and we're, you know, we're trying to do something, but I think it'd be great if you came in and spoke to the CEO and, and, um, and maybe you and I could convince them to do something different. And this is a super progressive hospital that is on the cutting edge. And it's a small private hospital in New Jersey that's doing some really unbelievable things with us with an incredibly passionate, um, group of, uh, um, you know, uh, sea level, uh, team members that, that, you know, that passion trickles down to everybody else. So it's a, it's a pretty special place. Um, and when I met with them, I realized that we had something, we had an opportunity, um, that, that we had to take advantage of. And, um, they said, you know, we'd love to promote this lifestyle, but we want firsthand proof. Um, we, we don't, we can't just go off of, you know, some of the studies for the you know reasons I mentioned before. Um, but we'd love to see how this truly affects, um, our population. And what we did was we offered up a, um, a, a sign up um, to the hospital employees and they had the largest turnout they had ever had in, in the history of the hospital uh, for the employees of the hospital to want to be a part of this. And so we took um, 300 participants, split them into three different cohorts, 
a vegan, vegetarian, and the standard American diet, and the results were absolutely astonishing. We recorded, you know, everything, bio, you know, biomarkers from day one through day 22, 44, and so on. And, you know, in, in just 22 days, um, LDL levels were dropping um, around 40% range, which is insane. I mean, you know, uh, uh, um, Lipitor won't do that uh, and without any side effects, let alone. Uh, so, I mean, when you look at um, the possibilities um, within the medical system of us to incorporate more of this um, type of lifestyle modification, um, they're endless. Um, and that's really what the, uh, you know, it came about again serendipitously, but that was the goal. The goal was to get people to become more conscious about how we can use different modalities and different protocols to help people live healthier lives. And I think that they, um, you know, it was, it was very clearly seen and it's something that we're going to be sharing um, in our documentary um, when, when the documentary comes out. Um, so uh, again, you know, one of those things where uh, I was sitting at the right place, um, having a conversation with the right people. And we said, we can do this. And I said, why not? Let's do it. So it wasn't one of those things where I was just, you know, um, sitting in my office, well, how can we create a study? It just happened. Um, it really just unfolded in front of my eyes and I was fortunate to be a part of it. Right. And you, you managed compliance by feeding people, right? Correct. Um, so do you, do you have a sense of, um, you know, how compliant they were? Did, uh, did people sort of admit to sneaking Cheetos and, and pepperoni pizza on the side or were they, uh, yeah, all on board? We, we had a few of those. Yeah, no, we had a few of those. And you know how we found out? We realized that there was a few outliers whose, let's say, LDL had not gone down or whose uh, C-reactive protein had not gone down or their, you know, some of their biomarkers were off, way off of the rest of the people that had been compliant. And we just pulled them aside and we said, uh, can you share with us your food diary? Can you share with us your whatever? And, and you know, it was, it was really, it was super clear and really obvious, uh -huh. um, the ones that hadn't been compliant. And they were the, they, they, were the first ones that would step up and say, you know what, I didn't follow it to the letter and I was kind of actually doing this or that, or I stopped eating the food on this day and I never ate it again. Or, um, but the people that complied, the results were mind-blowing. I mean, mind-blowing. Right. So what's going on at Holy Name these days? You know, they, they Presumably they, they saw the proof and they said, all right, this works. Uh, how, how are they incorporating it? Yeah, so they're, they've, they've created different programs. Um, to bring more of this integrative uh, approach uh, to medicine. Um, a lot of the team members that, um, that tried the program are still plant-based. Um, I, I actually still uh, speak to some of them. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's work in progress um, because it's a very slow-moving freighter, um, but we, they're moving in the right direction. Um, and, uh, you know, they're a, they're a special group of people managing a really incredible place, so I have high hopes for them. Fantastic. Now, you, you mentioned a documentary. Tell, tell us about that. Well, while we were creating um, the green print, we realized that there was a, an incredible opportunity to be able to, to bring this to life uh, on film and to be able to share the story uh, in a way that spoke to people that had not been spoken to before or that had been forgotten a long time ago. Um, and, you know, the sad reality is that there are still people that live in food deserts in our country, and um, a lot of them are minorities. Um, when we see documentaries today that are talking about, you know, plant-based diets or veganism versus non-veganism, it's uh, the conversation is taking place, you know, it's at a Whole Foods, let's say, 
well, do I choose organic cauliflower or conventional cauliflower? But for many people, that's just not the reality. You know, many people live in neighborhoods where there's, you know, 12 liquor stores and four bodegas, but no Whole Foods, uh, no real produce um, aisles uh, anywhere in sight. So how do we how do we create a solution for them? Right? How do we create an opportunity for them to live a healthier lifestyle? So it's a much bigger story. Uh, it's a much bigger conversation um, that needs to be had. That's long overdue, and we're we're hoping to bring to light um, uh, in in the form of a film uh, to be able to shed. Um, you know, a little bit of light in, in some of the areas that are um, very uh, deserving of of some change. Hmm. Is, um, I'm curious, does any, does any of that involve sort of lo- local food production uh, or you know, urban gardening or anything like that? Or is it simply it, about yeah, distribution? Yeah. Ab- absolutely. I mean, all of it, right? So some of it is urban farming. Some of it is uh, distribution, um, you know, other you know, some other pieces of it might be incentivizing big companies, you know, the Walmarts and, and, and the Whole Foods and, and, you know, the targets of the world to bring their stores into neighborhoods that might, you know, be more uh, economically feasible from a uh, just a pure business perspective in that, you know, it'll cost them less to be in these neighborhoods than it will anywhere else. But they'll be servicing a community that really, truly needs it. Mm. Uh, when's that going to come out? We're aiming for January of next year. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, so let's let's talk about the green print. What what made you want to write this book? What was the the you know the, the if you could you know get up on the soapbox and say a single sentence to the world like what what was what what, what was the encapsulation that you wanted to tell people? It's not about vegan or not vegan. Uh, I had written the 22 day revolution and I'd written the 22 day revolution cookbook. Um, and those two really focused on getting people to go, um, plant-based. Um, but I, I realized that there are many people that, um, think of going plant-based as a very daunting task. Um, and for, for just that thought alone, they won't, um, they won't, you know, eat one plant-based meal. Um, and, and I wanted people to really understand that there's no right or wrong way to do this, right? There's no all or none. Um, it's not black and white. The world is a beautiful um, array of colors. And if you eat one plant-based meal, you're improving um, your, you know, your, your impact on your health and on the planet. Um, you, if you eat two plant-based meals a day, you're doing even better. So there's no right or wrong way to do this. I wanted to be able to create a book that gave people the tools and the resources to be able to lean into plants in a way that made most sense for them. So we created three different tiers to help people um, design something that was really personalized, whether it's one meal a day, two meals a day, or three meals a day, the choice is yours. But we know that the scientific evidence is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly in favor of a plant-based diet. So where are you going to start? It's not about... If you're going to start, where are you going to start? Where do you want to start? Is it one meal a day? Is it meatless Mondays? Is it, uh, you know, plant-based breakfast? Is it a plant-based lunch? Is it plant-based at work? Um, tell us where you want to start. We'll meet you where you are. We'll help you design a program that'll, that'll allow you to live the life that you want to live. Right. So what do you find is the minimum threshold for someone to feel better? Right. Cause we, you know, we said like the easiest thing is to start real small but for some people, the easiest thing is to like change everything overnight because then they get feedback. So where, where, where do you find 
the that threshold is that you know if, if I just eat oatmeal like once a week, I'm probably not going to notice a big difference. Although I might by like 11 a.m. that morning. But what's you know yeah. where, where's where's the tipping point that makes someone say, oh, it's not just a book, it's not just Marco saying this. This I can validate this by learning from my own body. Yeah, so there's a couple of things to look at and consider, right? So if you're thinking about health benefits, a, a single meal, right, can can help you feel better, improve your digestion, improve your focus, your clarity, your energy. Um, you're increasing your you know intake of fiber by eating a plant-based meal, um, so to improve your digestion or improve the way you feel. We know how many people suffer from um, digestive disorders, IBS, and everything else. So there's definitely some. Uh, some noticeable improvements there with just one meal. Um, but there's also the environmental benefit of, of the one meal a day. Um, there's an environmental benefit of just one single meal period, not a day, but a, a single meal. And then there's also the, the uh, impact that you have on the animals by one meal, right? So if you reduce your animal intake by just one meal, you're already, you're already doing something great. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. As a matter of fact, I set this I set the green print up as a set of 22 laws to help guide people. And one of the laws is perfection can be the enemy of progress. And a lot of times people believe that they have to be perfect. And if they're not perfect, then they might as well not do it. And that's what limits them from ever progressing. Right. So it's not about perfection. It's about progress. It's about thinking about, hmm, I can do a little bit better by just having one meal. We know that Americans are lacking in fiber, right? It's an 8 billion constipation is an $8 billion industry. Right? It didn't get there by itself, right? It got there because we're eating more meat than we've ever eaten and we're eating less plants than we've ever eaten, right? So if you don't if you eat meat and you don't eat plants, you're taking in a ton of protein. So we're taking in twice the amount of protein we should be taking. And guess what? Fiber can only be found in plants, which you already know, but most people don't know that. You cannot find fiber in any animal products. You don't find it in dairy, you don't find it in meats, you don't find it in fish, you don't find it in poultry. You can only find it in plants. So by eating a plant-based meal, you're increasing your intake of fiber, which will help you what? Digest your food better, which helps you what? Which will help you feel better, which improves your clarity. So there's so many benefits that for me, it's really about getting people to just start with one meal. Just start with one meal. Start small. Start with one meal. It's, it's, it's the, the notion of saving, right? It's getting people to understand that in a perfect world, if you make $100 a week, you'd save 50 and you'd spend 50 right? In a perfect world, but we don't live in a perfect world. So guess what? Most people can't save 50. Most people can save a dollar. Okay. Save a dollar. And once you get into that habit, that habit will perpetuate itself. And then at a certain point, you're going to go, you know what? I probably could do $2. I'm going to go to two and you may get to five, but it's better than nothing, right? It's not 50, but it's better than nothing. And that's what we want people to understand. Something is better than nothing for the environment, for the animals, and for your health. Right. So as, as you've spread the message, you know, I know you're, you're, you're talking to plant-based people, you know, me, Rich Roll. Um, are you also out there talking in the mainstream to people who are trying to debate you around keto, paleo, carnivore? Oh, without a doubt. So what do you do? Do you just, you know, do you just like, you know, roll up your sleeves, marshal facts, um, how, how, how do you interact with people who are, um, who are sharing a, a completely opposite narrative? Yeah, we could, we could do that. Right. But, but I think that there's enough of that in the world, right? There's enough of that fighting. There's enough of the discussion. 
every time we turn around, somebody's having some sort of a political debate. Every time we turn around, someone's having some debate about whether paleo or, um, you know, uh, keto or, or Atkins or look, we've been obsessed with animal protein for the past 60 plus years, right? When you look at all of the diets, all of these bad diets, the paleo, the caveman, the keto, the, the whole 30, they're all high protein, low carb diets, all of them. They're every single one of them. They're all marketed a little bit differently. They're all marketing, you know, you know, campaigns around them all, but they're all the same exact diet. And guess what? Heart disease is still the number one killer in the world. And it's quickly going to be overtaken by cancer, but not because heart disease is slowing down, but because cancer is moving that, that much faster. What we have done has not worked. So whenever someone tells me, well, I heard keto, I heard, how is that working for you? Because numbers don't lie, right? The popularity of keto, the popularity of Atkins, the popularity of paleo, the popularity of all of them combined have kept us with heart disease at the number one spot. If you are trying the same thing over and over again and you expect a different result, that is called insanity. So if we want a different result, we have to change the process. And for me, it's really like looking at a sinking ship and you're on a ship, let's call it a raft. You're on a raft with 10 friends, or 10 people you don't know. None of them know how to swim. And the raft is sinking, but you know how to swim. And all 10 of them fall off. Do you try to bring the one on board that is fighting you and punching you and scratching your face and trying to throw you into the water with them? Or do you let them go for a second and try to save the ones that truly want to get back on the raft? Let's take the ones we can save first and perhaps the one that's thrashing around trying to knock you out because they're so nervous is going to calm down after seeing that so many people have been saved and realize that this is truly the way by relaxing and letting you do what you need to do. That's exactly the way I see it. I'm not going to get into these, you know, punch, kick, you know, scratch, you know, debates with people about whether it's paleo or keto. I know the science. Read the science. Go educate yourself. Don't believe anyone. Don't believe me. Don't believe any of the, you know, uh, uh, authors or experts that are out there in the space. Go read the data. But really read the data. Don't just read the headlines. Read the data. And when you comb through the data, you're going to come to the conclusion that a plant-based diet is the single most effective thing that we can do to improve our health and the health of our planet. There's no other diet on the planet that has ever been proven to prevent, arrest, and reverse heart disease. No other diet in the planet that has ever been clinically proven to do that. I mean, I don't think that we need to dispute anything else after that. Heart disease is still the number one killer. You're more likely to die of heart disease than anything else. If we want to eradicate heart disease, if we want to eradicate you know, hypertension, cholesterol, all of these things, we have to adopt the plant-based diet. And guess what? I've been doing this long enough where I have seen the results. Not only have I written about the results, I don't just write about these things. I actually practice it in real life. So I'm that rare breed where I'm not just an author combing through data. I'm someone that's living this, that's practicing this. I've been practicing this my entire adult life. This is what I've done my entire professional career. I've helped people change their lives for the better. So when someone comes to me and says to me, well, I heard that, okay, how is it working for you? Well, I'm, I'm still not. Give this a try. Try it for a week. 
Try it for a couple of days. Go check your your you know blood profiles. Go check your cholesterol. Go check your blood pressure. Go go check your weight. Tell me what your BMI does. Once people see that, they can't argue with you because they realize that it's all just rhetoric. Right, and it sounds it sounds like as much as you're you're inviting people to read the science, what you know is going to convince them is not learning about their bodies, but learning from their bodies. That's right. Right. At that, at, at that point, you know, you you speak with the confidence of someone who doesn't really have anything to prove. Right. Like I want you're, 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 you're not. I want what's best for our bodies. Yeah, like you're not you're not trying to win arguments, right? Because there's no you don't you're, no. You're, you're not you know you're not based you're not faith based here. No, no, no. But, but I mean, the, the reality is there can't be an argument. What what is the real argument? Am I going to die or not? I mean, we're all going to die, right? At some point, the reality is how are we going to live our lives? That you know, over the last ten years, I read a report somewhere that. The number one class of drugs sold have been antidepressants over the last 10 years in a row. Antidepressants. People don't feel good. People don't feel good about themselves. They don't feel good about their health. People are unhappy. We have a better way. We haven't tried it yet. When we try it, when people try it, they will see, oh, this is. This is a the 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 this is going to be the biggest snowball effect the world has ever seen because the minute that it catches and it's and it's we're at that tipping point right now the minute it catches and you and I see it cuz we're very close to it but when we step away from our circle we realize how much more it has to go but once we're in our immediate circles in our environment we realize how fast it's growing once this goes the world will go plant based there's no other choice this is the solution. It just makes sense. Think about it, right? It's good for us. It's good for the animals. And it's good for the planet. You think that's coincidence? You know, going back to the beginning when we started the conversation, to me, it's just common sense. I know it's not that common, but something that is good for me is also good for the animals. It's also good for the planet. Wow. It's like, who would right. have thought? Well, that's, well, well, that's, that's where... <laughs> That's where I think that that idea of like you know veganism being an outgrowth of of compassion because com- compassion is like if we're trying to be compassionate and I go I should be compassionate here right that I'm 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 self conflicted because I don't want to be but I'm forcing myself but if I if I see myself as connected I'm part of this world I'm part of the planet. The planet is part of me. I'm not step. I'm you know humans and animals is is a fake distinction. We are all animals. We are all that's right be- beings. Then at the at the point at which we can see our our commonness, not just our common sense, but our but our common beingness. At at that point, how how could anything that's not you know that's good for me not be good for everything else? Exactly. And you, you think it's a coincidence that the biggest, most powerful land animals are plant eaters? You think it's a coincidence? It was there for us to see from the very beginning. We just missed it. Right? right. We missed it. An elephant, rhino, we, we just didn't see it. We, we didn't want to see it. But then once you see it, you can't unsee it. I'm like, holy, like, oh, my God. 
How can I? We've been having this comment, this debate over, well, I need a branch chain amino acid supplement and I need to have, you know, 200 milligrams of this and I need 500, <laughs> you know, this of that and I need this much more protein. Oh, really? And I can only get that from, you know, flesh of an, really? Really? <laughs> I'm like, come well, on. Well, that, I think you make a really interesting point, which is it's been so obvious. It's right in front of us. And like culturally Always has been. and linguistically, we have been programmed to not see it. Well, just because something is the norm shouldn't be accepted as, right? Right. right. I mean, if it, if it was for that, then we would have allowed um, all the atrocities that have happened in the world to continue to happen. And we, and we didn't. Someone stopped them and they were like, hmm, should people really own people? I don't know. That doesn't feel right. Uh, no, they shouldn't. Should we be allowed? Should we be just standing here and allowing people to eradicate an entire race from the planet because they, hmm, because they think differently than we do or because they worship differently than we do? No. Mm, okay. If you just accept things for what they are for face value, then the world would be a pretty messed up place. And it takes people like us to be able to say no. I don't care if it's the norm today. It shouldn't be. It should have never been. And we got to do something about it. We can, we can garner electricity from the sun, yet we're still obsessed with oil. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. You know, I say, let the doctors focus on diseases that we can't cure. How about that? We're spending more money on heart disease than anything in the world. We already know how to cure it. Why the hell are we spending so much? We're spending trillions of dollars on something we already know how to cure. Don't smoke, lose some weight, eat a plant-based diet, manage your stress better, and do some exercise. Have some sex. Be happy. We already know how to cure it. Yeah, we want to spend trillions of dollars on something that we have a cure to, and we won't spend it on something we don't have a cure to, like paralysis. Like, imagine if all the doctors that are practicing, all the money that's going into trying to figure out how to treat heart disease would go into treating paralysis or treating MS or treating something we don't have a cure for. Imagine what a beautiful world this would be. I just don't get it. Right. Right. And, you know, once, once you say it, the spell's broken a little bit. And then once once people take that first step and begin to make a commitment, I think the spell, you know, falls to shreds. That's right. Before I let you go, I got to ask that the um, your book, The Green Print and um, 22 Days Nutrition, you've got some pretty high powered <laughs> friends. So the um, the forward was written by uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z, who are also. Um, you know, offering tickets for life as a part of a, I guess, a raffle for people who want who commit to uh, going plant based. How did how did you connect with them and get them, you know, so passionately behind this this movement? Well, they are. Um, I met them through a mutual friend, um, another super close friend of mine uh, was close to them, and we met. And we, you know, instantly bonded and, and realized that we were connected in some other life and you know, we're just family, right? Um, but the minute I shared the information with them, they felt compared to share it. Um, they, really, they just felt compelled to, to share it 
with their followers, their fans, their friends, because, you know, it's like the conversation we've just had. Like, once you hear it, you can't help but to want to share it with the people you love. How, How can you not? Like, think about it, right? Like, we know you're more likely to die of heart disease than you are of just about anything else. Can I give you a couple of tips on how to prevent that? <laughs> and they're all about empowering people. And once they knew, they knew they had to share it. So much so that they decided to do something they've never done before. As a matter of fact, I don't think anyone else has ever done this, which is the two biggest musical entertainers the world has ever seen are offering tickets for life to their concerts for a simple pledge, right? Like you go into thegreenprintproject.com and um, you can take a pledge and you can enter to win Beyonce and Jay-Z tickets for life. Um, the sweepstakes is over April 22nd on Earth Day and we'll announce a winner and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But between now and then, we're going to be doing a lot of educating and a lot of, a lot of empowering um, people with the benefits of a plant-based diet. Right. And this does, uh, you know, I've, I'm fascinated at, you know, Beyonce's evolution from, from you know, single ladies to... Uh, to lemonade, to the 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 Super Bowl show, where, where like she is destroying um, assumptions, like you know, sh- shredding a cultural narrative, and and sort of bringing up a much a much deeper, older one. Does does does, does she see this plant based mission as as on a on a level with that as kind of you know, creating a, a more sane, just world? Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's at the core of their DNA. I mean, that's the, that I, I you could not create a, you know, an opportunity um, big enough for them to want, for them to want to do something that didn't feel um, honest and authentic and truthful. All right. Wow. So what's uh, what's the future of 22 Days Nutrition and, uh, and and on Green Print Project? Where where are you hoping to take this in the next you know year to five years? We're looking to continue to help people move in the direction of plants. Uh, in a perfect world, in the next five years, we'll get the U.S. Um, off their um, animal protein addiction. Um, we'll have uh, significantly made an impact on the um, heart disease uh, um, risk. Um, and death uh, toll, and uh, we'll continue to help people move in the direction of a more conscious, much more compassionate, kinder, uh, loving lifestyle. Gotcha. Any, any uh, sort of spe- aside from the um, you know continuing the book work and the documentary, any specific partnerships you're looking for? Is there is there like after Beyonce and Jay Z, like who would you like to come to you next and say, hey, I'm ready to bring my organization or my company on board? Who, who, who do you see as the, the next person who wants to, who's going to reach out on that lifeboat and say, hey, pull me up? Um, Warren Buffett. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we could, I think we could, we could uh, affect a lot of change together in a very meaningful way. Wow, I just got to get past the Omaha Stakes, right? That's it. Well, that's why I chose him. I like, I like challenge. <laughs> Right. Uh, but on another level, he's uh, he certainly is pragmatic. Very. Right. That'd be fun to see the uh, the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting be uh, vegan catered. 
that that wouldn't that I could I can envision it already. All right. Well, I, <laughs> well, now now we said it, so it's we, we've manifested it, so it's out there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I know someone who used to play poker with him before he got rich. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll uh, I'll, I'll 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 follow that line. Let's uh, let's triangulate and get him. Fantastic. I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate your time. Thanks for everything you're doing. Congratulations on all the wonderful work you do. And um, I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to be on your platform. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Marco. And go from strength to strength. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. That's a wrap. I hope you are as inspired as I am to spend an hour with this remarkable human being. If you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast and you'd like to support the mission of the show, you can subscribe. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jean Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Melissa Cobb, Rachel Barnes, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jen Filikonofsky, David Vizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Andrews, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes with Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Kara Adams, Tom Fronsek, Jeanette Benham, Gila Sert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Toronto Vizo, Gio and Carol Argentati, Jody Friesner, with Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck. The equally mysterious Tracy Z of Eva Lael, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harpers and Martha Bergner, Susan Amon, Molly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R., Susan Laverty, the Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Scharf, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Deanne Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Copel, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Shannon Hirsch, Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Colm Hedegaard, Isa Tuzawa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis. Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen and Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazelton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justine Divid, Joshua Sommermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darmy Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McEntee, Dan McCorney, Stephen Lehman. Petty D. Martino, Mike and Donna Cartson, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trisha Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bashford, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gullis, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, Diana, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parham Ganchi, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt. Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidorowska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught, Abedable Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sagar Nayak, Erica Piedra, and Danielle Roberts for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for today. As always, be well, my friends.